0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities Podcast, the number one Bears podcast on Apple Podcasts for Bears news, analysis, and conversation. I'm your host, Austin, founder of Halstead Collect, a new and innovative voice in Chicago sports media. And today, I'm going to be joined by my co-host, Reese. In this week's episode, we have a wide variety of topics, beginning with analyzing the Detroit Lions game of last week, talking about Allen Robinson's contract situation, and then going over our pregame show for the New York Giants for next week. But before we get into the show, we want to give you guys a quick couple of announcements. First, please leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. That helps us out tremendously. Five-star review will do just fine, but even better, if you guys can leave us a written review, tell us what you like and what you dislike. And if you do so, and if it pops up, you know sometimes we have some trouble with that, uh, we will actually give you a shout out on the podcast just just leave your name and we will shout you out we appreciate everyone who does that it's going to help us improve the podcast for you guys in the future Also, look out because we are going to be having a ton of new updates coming pretty soon. Uh, Obviously, one of the reasons why we decided to go with the scaled back upload schedule is because we want to make a lot of changes to the way we operate and really improve the quality for you guys. So watch out for that. A lot of big changes coming soon. We apologize with the scaled back upload schedule, but be excited for what's coming in the future. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again and bear down. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast Reese, how are you feeling this week? I'm doing good, doing
1: good. You know, I have to say that you know watching uh, the first kind of round of football games of this past weekend was definitely really exciting. It was good to see you know football, especially since I don't know so many things have been happening with college football and all that. So not everyone's been able to follow that, but to have a, a full slate of NFL games was was pretty awesome and got some interesting games in there as well. So it was a, a interesting weekend of football for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to describe it. The Bears, they ended up having that comeback victory. We put out that YouTube video almost instantaneously after the game. I think that's going to be something that we kind of start doing uh, more frequently because we got an overwhelming positive response from that. I think we had 6,000 views in 24 hours, which is, you know, pretty big for us, honestly, uh, on YouTube. So, um, and I think we ended up gaining almost 100 subscribers last weekend too, which is also really big for us. So, a lot of progress there. Um yeah, we're sorry that this is coming to you guys a day late. My dad actually got he tested positive for coronavirus. And, you know, I was pretty much around him all weekend. So I had to go get myself tested yesterday just to make sure uh, I'm not putting anybody else at risk or anything. Um, so pretty much. I, yeah, had to go get that tested. Don't know the results, but hey, the good news is if I have it, which, you know, solid possibility I do, I'm asymptomatic. That definitely is a
1: positive. I mean, yeah, hopefully, hopefully everything turns out well with that. I know that, you know, it's just kind of a a part of the times now. It just seems so, so common that can just happen, you know, really at any time, really not really your fault as long as you're practicing, you know, the right things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a busy, busy week here as well, so it, it just seems like, you know, kind of getting times to match up. But at the same time, I think it worked out well because we kind of got to finally, I mean, we'll get to this later on the podcast, but I feel like we're always on, the, like, the front part of information. We always end up releasing YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and then something happens, like, right as we release it or right after we release it, and people are like, <laughs> oh, you know, didn't you hear this and this? At least finally with, like, the Alan Robinson situation, we kind of got a lot of the information and I feel like we can actually kind of summarize it and go back and reevaluate all of it instead of kind of being in the middle of it like we seems like we always are
0: yeah you know it's kind of funny too because this is something that we have been talking about for a very long time like there were people talking about Allen Robinson uh potentially having some issues with his contract and like why the Bears aren't giving him his contract and you know Reese we've been talking about this since what probably March yeah. we, early on? We, we've, we've we've yeah really early on. So it's been interesting to see this develop and kind of see if it's it kind of has went I think the direction that we thought it would I think that we both said that we didn't even think Allen Robinson was going to play on uh extended contract this season and uh, you know we there are a ton of reasons going behind that we tried to kind of step inside of Ryan Pace's you know shoes and trying to really reevaluate how this move could potentially impact the future for negative and for positive if they don't re-sign him and really just try to like take it out of the fan perspective because I know it's easy to see I'm a huge Allen Robinson fan when we signed him i was extremely excited when we signed alan robinson um he's been the first ounce of consistency we've seen out of that wide receiver position since brandon marshall probably um and so yeah really long ago so actually you know what we we had a different part of the lineup to start with but why don't we go ahead and start with that reese what are your initial thoughts on this Allen robinson news yeah i mean
1: with my thoughts i think it's kind of just
0: my first kind of like reaction to it was,
1: to me, I don't think it looks great for the the Bears organization. I, I think they still have a lot of time to to figure this out and get him signed. I mean, you know, as long as they end up re-signing him, I'm gonna be somewhat happy with it. You know, I, I'm I'd like to have it done sooner than later, but you know, even you know, being a, a Chargers fan, you know. Kind of seeing how they signed Keenan Allen this uh, past offseason to a twenty million dollar a year kind of deal, I think that really kind of set like the precedent for what uh, for what Allen Robinson should get. I, I think you know career wise they kind of have different things, but they're both had problems with injuries. They put up relatively similar numbers, but when they're on the field, they're both extremely effective. So I, I think that's kind of like a, a bar of what Allen Robinson should be going for. And I think, you know, the fact that the Chargers did that this offseason while also extending Joey Bosa to a large contract, you know, being a smaller franchise, it's the smaller franchises like Jacksonville, like L.A., um, that that struggle in retaining players because they don't have the means to do so. But this is Chicago. I mean, they're the Bears. We're one of the biggest franchises in the league. You know, we should be able to extend our best offensive weapon. Um, But it's kind of just interesting how we've gotten to this point and... Everything that's gone on with the whole social media, you know, deleting that. And in his response to that in the press conference, he basically said that he supports his teammates and and everything 100%. He loves the locker room. So to me, what I picked up from that is that he loves the players. He loves all the other players on the team. And that's why he's sticking it out and playing and kind of putting on a straight face. But he's mad at the, the upper management. That's kind of what I took out of it.
0: Yeah, you know, if I was Allen Robinson too, I'd be extremely frustrated. He's been really the only ounce of offensive consistency we've seen over the past three years with Matt Nagy. Um, someone who really provides a lot for this team—that steady, uh, you know, that steady wide receiver. not—he doesn't make a whole bunch of wow plays, but he's always good for you know a touchdown a game or you know a couple clutch catches when you need them. And that it cannot be understated how valuable that is. Um, of course, w- with Matt Nagy's offense, he likes to spread the ball out a little bit more, so he maybe doesn't get that main feature role he would have, if, for instance, if he was in like. The position that Devontae Adams is in where he's pretty much the only wide receiver and Aaron Rodgers just targets 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 um Matt Nagy doesn't really run his scheme like that he prefers to really spread the ball out so we see a lot more action from guys like Javon Wims and you know younger guys on the roster um so yeah I want Allen Robinson extended 20 million dollars a year that's you know that's a big chunk of change and it's something that the Chicago Bears are really going to have to you know, think over because before going into this offseason, I think what they probably could have got him on in this previous offseason was like an eighteen point five ish, maybe seventeen point five. But now with that Keenan Allen extension, that is that's the mark. It's it's twenty million dollars a year. It's a huge contract for a wide receiver. Uh, you know, a position that historically has not been very, you know, necessary to win Super Bowls, uh, but can't be understated the luxury that they provide a quarterback, especially when you have such, you know, inconsistent quarterback play but i just wanted to really quickly talk over the reasons why the bears are maybe holding off because i think it looks as fans as a really easy move especially when you consider it for this season um and and for this regime period but i think that there are reasons why the chicago bears have you know a desire to to wait I think that ultimately they do want to extend him but I think they'd like to see how things play out with a couple other players coming up after this in in just two seasons we're going to have Kyle Fuller Anthony Miller Roquan Smith Tariq Cohen all these guys who are pretty damn good and hey you know in Ryan Pace's head he still wants Trubisky to work out so even a Trubisky contract is in his mind right It, it best case scenario do I think it's coming no I don't but does Ryan Pace potentially think it's coming maybe we don't know uh, I I, I kind of <laughs> hope not, even if he has a really good year. I, I can't lie. But particularly with Anthony Miller, and we talked about this really extensively this offseason, this is a guy that the Chicago Bears coaching staff talks about as if he's, you know, Antonio Brown. Like like he, he is looked at in that locker room as someone who's just primed to have a breakout season. And even after this previous game, I think it was Mike Furry, the wide receiver coach. He came out and he said that he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to become. So this is a guy that's a homegrown talent, right? Someone that the Bears drafted, the Bears love, the Bears have worked on consistently. Someone who showed up massive, tied Allen Robinson in uh, receiving yards this previous game, came up at at some of the biggest moments possible that is coming off, uh, is going to need an extension in potentially just a year or two also. So it's kind of one of that situation where if you give Alan Robinson $20 million, you're almost guaranteeing the fact that we're going to have to let Anthony Miller walk. So there is an incentive for Ryan Pace to maybe wait till, you know, week six in the season to see how Anthony Miller's development is going, to see what type of contract he's going to require, um, and just get a, get a good estimation for what type of contract he would need going into next offseason. And I do believe that the Bears want to keep Anthony Miller.
1: Yeah, I, and in my head, I, you know what, I think if Allen Robinson were to walk, or if they let him walk or, you know, traded him away for some for some assets, I'd be fine with it if, like, what pace is building for down the road or if the long-term plan is to kind of do a complete revamp after this season. If it means bringing in a brand-new, drafting a brand-new quarterback and then hopefully drafting, you know, a wide receiver high up in the draft, you know, like one of these big talents coming out of college, to bring along with them to kind of mold this offense around, you know, something along those lines that then I'm fine with it. that's kind of the, the bigger picture. That's what we've been talking about for quite a while now.
0: Yeah. And, and exactly what you're saying is exactly right. So here's really a question that I think needs to be considered in this. If the Chicago bears do in fact draft a quarterback next year, is it worth signing Allen Robinson to a $20 million deal? And I think it can be on both sides in one end, it might be better to use that money elsewhere and just draft a player over the couple of years it's going to take to develop that player, or you can kind of keep him and he can be that, you know, safety tool for a really, you know, talented young quarterback.
1: Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a bit of the conundrum, right? I mean, I think that I, I can understand and kind of see it both ways. I, I think it kind of depends on what type of quarterback you want to bring in. Cause I think Alan Robinson, he works very well with, with Trubisky and what he likes to do, especially, you know, in a game like the Lions where they're using those one-on-one matchups they are getting man-to-man, you know, works out perfectly for for Trubisky when he's just trying to single him out. So, I mean, if you get a quarterback that's like Trubisky that really kind of favors getting to, you know, that receiver that's a really good route runner, really crisp with everything and pretty sure-handed, although, you know, he kind of had some uncharacteristic moments in the past game. But, you know, I, I think that, I think that I can also see it go the other way as well, where you know, you know, you bring in someone that has a little bit different, different of a preference. You know, you bring in someone that's a little bit more mobile. Maybe someone you, know, you bring in someone like uh, Justin Fields kind of wants someone that's going to stretch the field a little bit to be able to to unload and work the deep ball in a way. I, I think that I can see it go both ways. Where if you're planning on bringing someone like him in, if that's what you're going to look to build your team around, then. Then maybe yeah, you don't take on the responsibility, and maybe you are able to retain Anthony Miller, and bring some, bring in a young, you know, fast receiver on a on a a very favorable rookie deal, you know.
0: Yeah, and I don't think either of us would really argue that and or that Alan Robinson isn't worth a, a, a new contract with us. But I think really the core thing that we want to talk about is there is incentive. For Ryan Pace to wait and see how this plays out and likely the reason why Allen Robinson is probably a little upset with the contract offers he's been getting is because hey uh, Ryan Pace is trying to get him on a deal that makes sense for him in this moment he wants him on an unbeatable contract so he's even if fair market value might be fair for Allen Robinson it might not be the exact value the Bears are looking at right now because they have to worry about the cap space situation in the future so I mean any last comments on that Reese I think it's kind of overplayed. I ultimately do think he ends up getting an extension.
1: Yeah, I think he ends up getting an extension as well and I think you really kind of hit on it, you know, with that last part there is that, you know, the Bears number and his number are going to be different and it's just a matter of making making that compromise and, and how much each side is each side is willing to give and you know, I, I think Allen Robinson, you know, he's not someone that's going to just sit out like Jalen Ramsey. He's a little bit different. He's a good character guy. So, you know, he's just going to go out there and, and play hard. And I think he's basically just going to show how much he deserves the extension. And I think he will eventually get it, whether it be just later in the season or early in the offseason. But, you know, I, I think there is incentive right now for the Bears to, to hold off on it just for the moment.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Mitchell Trubisky, man, let's before we really get into this topic, just tell me, what was your reactions to seeing him play in that first game?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, I think my reaction mainly from him is I don't know, you know, how much we really learned. You know, I, I think that he kind of came out and he kind of had a bit of a two-faced game, right? I mean, he wasn't awful, you know, in the first three quarters. You know, he had his moments, There was kind of the deflected ball that almost should have been picked, but, you know, it wasn't completely his fault at the same time. But, you know, he wasn't amazing, and then in the fourth quarter comes around, and, you know, they're kind of playing, you know, just like we've brought up so many times, they're playing in an offense that really favors Trubisky, you know, utilizing the hurry-up, playing a more faster-paced offense that that Trubisky always seems to find comfort in, and then he goes out there and has an amazing passer rating, throws three touchdowns, and and leads the Bears on the comeback. So you kind of got the best, and, and not quite the worst, but, you know, not the best from Mitch in that first game, but I, I think it really just kind of goes to show you that you know when when Nagy is calling plays that kind of are more tailored to Trubisky in his game, then things tend to go right. You know, and I, I know that this Lions matchup is favorable for him, but at the same time, you know it was I think it was more of the almost the situation that brought out you know that great you know fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. So Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, honestly, I think that he looked slightly improved, but I agree with you when you say that he, we really haven't learned too much about him yet. He was, uh, this has to be one of the funniest stats that I've probably ever seen. And it's something that we talked about all off season. Not only was he top three in the lowest graded graded passes by PFF in week one, but he was top two in highest graded passes in week one. <laughs> so, like, wh- that completely inconsistency, that's what we've been talking about. Trubisky, when he is on, he is on. He can perform with the top quarterbacks in the league. But, man if he could just eliminate some of that low playing, even if those like, even if those bottom, you know, most lowest graded passes can go to like mid grades or, you know, slightly below average grades. We have a completely different quarterback on our hands. Um, it looks like through the through the first and second quarter, it seemed like there was a lot of miscommunications. and I don't know how many of those were necessarily Trubisky's fault. Um, obviously, it looked like Jimmy Graham jumped really early on a throw that he probably could have completed that was in stride. And then also Allen Robinson dropped one, I believe, in the end zone. Um, in that quarter too so two it could have been two touchdowns for us there but that then again Mitch also missed a touchdown pass to Demetrius Harris that was wide open in the back of the end zone so it, it, it was on everybody really in the beginning like it was not just Mitchell Trubisky he he definitely could have had a five touchdown game yesterday um, and it was you know he, hey, he could add six touchdowns if he didn't make his mistake, too. Um, so this Bears offense, though, looking a little bit better. Um, the only really egregious play that I saw from Trubisky was him almost getting intercepted by that outside linebacker. Um, on kind of a rollout to the left. That was pretty, pretty brutal. But he came back and threw a nice touchdown to Javon Wims against the grain. And uh, that that looks pretty. That, that was pretty nice to see from him. Um And hey, Mitch said in the beginning of the game, this is something we you know, we we talked about continuously in this offseason. He said that the Lions came out with a lot of not-man coverage. So they played zone for most of the game. But as the game started heating up, they went to switch back to some more man-schemed concepts. And Matt Patricia came out and said that they weren't necessarily all-man at the end. There was a lot of uh, variation as well. But we still saw Trubisky... Um, really dice up the man, you know, man coverage secondary in the fourth in the fourth quarter. And hey, maybe have a little bit of some issues diagnosing the uh, more you know creative coverages that Matt Patricia was throwing out there in the first three quarters. Um, the first two quarters I thought he played good. The third quarter I thought he played horrible, and then the fourth quarter I thought he played great. Um, yeah, I, I just I I think that he's missing less like I think that his misses are in, a, are in a smaller region of error I think he looked a little bit uncomfortable still but as a game heated up he he looked like he got his comfort level back yeah
1: and you know it, that brings up the point was was it just kind of like you know him easing like into the game you know like you know with their no preseason with how you know just kind of training came just led into the regular season was it kind of just like getting warmed up to, like, full-speed play, you know. So I almost feel like this coming coming week against the, the Giants is kind of, uh, you know, again, it's kind of just another test. It's almost kind of like, okay, now hopefully this game can kind of answer our question because I don't know how much we can really take away from week one other than, you know, that he led the Bears to a victory. So you kind of have to write it off as an overall positive. Now, just kind of regarding the Bears' offenses in general, I thought, like, in the late first quarter, early second quarter, I really like how that offense looked. That mm-hmm. They were kind of operating out of play action a lot, um, you know, kind of mixing it up, you know, kind of hitting different spots and depths of the field, you know, getting some kind of mid-range passes in there, and then also running the ball pretty effectively. I mean, Montgomery had some good runs. Tariki had a decent run up the middle. You know, so I think they were, it was kind of like the pace and the, the balance that I really wanted to strike with the Bears offense, and they kind of eventually lost it. Um, like you said, the third quarter was just really, it was bad for just about everyone on the, on the offense, it didn't, didn't look pretty. But, you know, I don't really know where that went, and it, to me it's kind of like, oh, okay, look, I feel like Nagy kind of knows what this offense needs to look like, but then we kind of go inside and out of it, and it worked, it was effective uh in the late first quarter, early second quarter, both those drives, uh, they went just about the length of the field, but they weren't able to cash in. They had to just kick the field goals, which ultimately, like, you know, we talked about that extensively in the lead up to the game as well, is that the, the red zone needs to, red zone efficiency needs to be better. And, you know, of course, as the game kind of moved on, I don't know, they were kind of, they were hitting passes outside the red zone. The game winning pass to, to Miller was, I want to say, maybe he threw 30, that from like a 30? 30. Yeah, like yeah. a 30 yard. So I mean they're kind of they kind of avoided the red zone in that case, but yeah I mean I'd say that you know the offense in general, which you know I feel like we're gonna be talking about most of the time. I mean there's some things to go over with the defense as well, but the offense it was you know kind of still looking waiting for more you know so yeah it's kind of both with Trubisky and the offense.
0: So there were a couple st- overall net positive from last year, uh, like by far like it looked much better than last year but last year should not be the benchmark we're looking at (laughs) you know like that, that is not a good being better than last year isn't being that good um but really i think that if the offense was just you know clicking like a little bit better. Some throws were like, it just looked like there was some just like minor, minor issues for the, fir- through the first two quarters that led to a lot of field goals or touchdowns. I mean, I told you we could easily had three touchdowns there. It's so funny. Cause I see on, you know, Twitter and a lot of national media, analysts saying oh my god the bears they shouldn't have even won this game because matthew stafford he he the player completely missed in the end we had two of those like i mean it wasn't as egregious it didn't look as bad but there was two easy touchdowns that we left on the field because our playmakers didn't make a good play on the ball um so i don't really i don't really buy that just because it happened at the end of the game i get it um but pretty much like the, as far as Mitchell Trubisky goes, I'm having a difficulty really benchmarking where to compare this performance to, because if you look at it and we talked to, uh, again, we talked a little bit about this last week. If you look at it, he's played really well against the Lions historically, and that's not a huge, you know, step up right like his performance is literally on par with every other performance he's had against the lions three touchdowns zero interceptions i think that's what he he's put up against the lions for the past three times he's played them almost exactly so it's not it's not out of the ordinary to see this type of game from mitchell trubisky against the lions right the the or we can kind of benchmark it towards the first game of the season because mitchell trubisky has played awful in the first games first four games of the first couple games of the season him and the rest of the offense has played, you know, really bad. I tend more to lean towards benchmarking it towards the first couple games of the season, because last year we played really bad against the Denver Broncos who are not a good team in the first couple games of the season that Denver Broncos team was much worse than this, uh, this Detroit Lions team. And then also even with green Bay, uh, what was it? Two years ago at the first week of the season where we gave up that huge lead, We kind of, like, that wasn't that good of a team either. They didn't have a great performance that year either. So, I mean, honestly, I'm hoping that this is showing a little bit more signs of life on offense. And we'll just continue to get on, you know, higher cylinders as we continue to play. Maybe this week we can see an actual really competent performance from Mitchell Trubisky. But um, I'm still very skeptical. But, again, it's one of those situations where it's damned damned if you do, damned if you don't right Mitchell Trubisky neither way he was gonna leave this game being considered a good quarterback so um yeah I mean Mitchell Trubisky I'm happy for him I see some I see some immaturities in him still that he needs to work out some difficulties maybe diagnosing coverage but overall a very this has got to be one of the most smooth games I've seen from Mitchell Trubisky in a very long time if if ever truthfully
1: yeah, I, I think this is you know going back to your, your like week one, week one or a couple first couple of weeks benchmarking. I, I think this is the best start that he's gotten off to in the Bears' offense. You know, along with that, and you know next week, you know coming up with the Giants should be more of the same. You know, it's kind of a very favorable start. I mean, we talked about that, but. And so I think that the Bears should, shouldn't should have much trouble in this coming week either. It's kind of when you get down the schedule, um, you know, when they do meet up with teams, you know, like the Packers, they will, you know, put up 42 points in this past week or 40-something. Um, they also gave up 30-something, so it's kind of <laughs> take, take what you will with that. But, you know, when they are playing, you know, those better teams further down in the schedule, and, and we'll see how the Buccaneers are looking at that point too. Maybe they'll be clicking. So, once you kind of get further into the schedule, I think that that's kind of when we need to see these offensive improvements more. I think they can afford some slip-ups next week, too. You know, I, I'm not particularly scared of the Giants. I don't think they're necessarily as bad as everyone is making them out to be. But I, I think that, you know, hopefully they can use these first couple of weeks to kind of tune up, get ready. And, and by the time we're in week four or week five, you know, we're kind of seeing an offense that, that has an identity. I mean, it'd be nice to have an offense that Great not word. only not only has, you know, competence in moving it down the field, but also has, has an identity. Because, I mean, you look at the defense, the defense has an identity. People know what comes with playing the Bears defense. But when you're playing the Bears offense, it's kind of – they're known for struggling. I mean, that's their identity right now.
0: Yeah, and that's actually – I really like that word they that use, and it's something that Matt Nagy even consistently hit on talking about, you know, going into week one last week. Just the entire fact that the Chicago Bears, they just – last year they just looked like – random play calls like ran, like he, Matt Nagy was just you know taking a you know taking a little piece of paper off of a hat and that was the play call he was going to go with and this year like I, I we we unfortunately saw that in the third quarter for a little bit not I think through the first and the second quarter it wasn't that bad except for that first series which was horrible in my opinion I I I, I think that we are going to see some sort of identity and I think that identity is You know, developing the game through the run, even though Matt Nagy still probably didn't run as much as he should have this past game. Developing the game through the run and then also using creative, you know, play action and then also just under center plays from Mitchell Trubisky. I think that Mitchell Trubisky, one of the reasons why I believe we see Mitchell Trubisky have such good fourth quarter performance is because Matt Nagy has no choice but to play call for him like he's not scared to play call for him. Right, and that's something we talked about last year. It looked like Matt Nagy was scared to play call with Mitchell Trubisky. He was throwing all these screens, and I think that Matt Nagy has a little bit more comp- confidence in him. Even in the third quarter, even in all through the quarters of the game, it felt like Matt Nagy wasn't operating from this position of I'm working. My quarterback is working against me, and I think that's huge for the Chicago Bears. And let's go ahead and move on because we talked extensively about the run game this past off season and our concerns with the run game. Our concerns with, you know, do we have enough depth there? You know, are the, do the players that we have, are they good enough to really make this, you know, we've, we're both big David Montgomery fans, but, you know, is Tariq Cohen, is Cordell Patterson, are they good enough to be the relief pitchers? And uh, it looked good. It looked really good this this uh, this past week, and I was shocked to be honest. I would I would not have expected that going into week one. Um, I remember the first couple plays of the game when we you know we tossed it to Cordell Patterson in the backfield. I'm like, oh, come on, like no, this is such a bad play call. What are we doing? And he got ten yards, and I was like wait a minute that's that's not bad or we saw Tariq Cohen go through the center of the offensive line like we did last year I'm like come on Nagy what the like this is going to be one yard we saw this all last season and then you know six seven yards I was like oh this is new (laughs) you know so it it, it was definitely a, a positive uh from there David Montgomery looked really really good Like he looked really, really good. We should have used him more. I don't know if we were kind of like staying against it because just him coming off an injury, trying to kind of lighten his load. But it seemed like there were multiple instances where he would get stopped at the two or three yard line and then he would bulldoze to get the first down. He is looking like a really good player. I understand why the Bears have a lot of confidence in him. He was a great draft pick. Cordell Patterson surprisingly liked his usage. He really didn't get many screens or anything. It was more like little shovel plays that Mitchell Trubisky would. Uh, he essentially it looked like their main uh, their their main strategy with him was to pull the line to one side and pitch it to the other side for him, just to give him some space to operate. Um, and and it, it worked. You know, for the most part, it worked for him. He had a couple big plays. I liked his usage there. I, I do th- hope that we get him. You know, a couple more screen passes maybe. Um, but overall, I liked his usage. And uh, Tariq Cohen, surprisingly effective through the center of the line.
1: Yeah, I think all the, the running backs look good. And I think the offensive line looked, you know, like you said, looked good in, in run blocking. I, I think they're, the biggest issues, the biggest concerns with the line were probably more in pass protection. That seemed like when they were really kind of were leaking Absolutely. a little bit more, uh, allowing more penetration. But in run blocking, they seem to be opening up big enough gaps. And, like you said, you brought up a good point, you know, running Tariq Cohen through the middle. They opened up big enough gaps where Tariq Cohen could could, uh, could get, you know, break off a six, seven-yard run up through the middle. So, yeah, that was definitely a positive. And, and Montgomery definitely always just seeming to finish runs forward, which is kind of a, a trait that, you know, people used to talk about running backs a lot kind of more in the past when, you know, more physical style of running was more promoted. But something you definitely see from a running back like Adrian Peterson Always falling for it, getting that extra yard, a yard or two, and it seems like Montgomery is definitely that type of back. He just finishes runs well. He's very dynamic and, and seems to have uh, good vision. Not quite as hesitant as he was at some points last year. So definitely excited for what he can do uh, in the in the you know rest of the season, kind of moving on. Hopefully they can can use him a lot next week. Um, you know I figure the more that they can put the ball in his hands, the better. Yeah, I think that the run game was, you know, it was definitely a big concern, and I don't think that concern is necessarily going to be over until it kind of becomes established and, like you said, hopefully becomes part of the 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 heart of the offense. You know, I think that this team would work best, you know, kind of just grounding, grinding out some yards on the ground, and it would do a lot of good in setting up the play action like we kind of saw. Uh, in week one against the Lions and also kind of just the rest of the playbook and it it gives more confidence to Trubisky it kind of just keeps the ball moving forward and whenever the Bears uh, in this game in this past game whenever they were in you know kind of got positive plays on first and second down put themselves in third and manageable they converted decently I mean it was a while before anyone got a third down conversion in that game but you know in, in the fourth for quarter at
0: least in the fourth yeah. quarter at least in the other quarters i'm still very concerned about our third down conversion rate yeah and but you know when they put themselves in
1: favorable situations on third down it was much better for them sometimes they put themselves in third and 12 and yeah. they just they can't really afford to put themselves in that situation uh, all that much it just it doesn't work well with his offense and i think that's when Trubisky kind of becomes it kind of gets it as worse when teams can mm-hmm. pin back their ears and bring the blitz against Trubisky, it, it's not good. I think it speeds up the game a little bit too much for him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Last year we were in so many third and long situations. I think through the first like three quarters we didn't convert a third down, which was scary as fuck to me. Like that that was just a a really not not a good situation yes, that was you're a, not gonna win many football games no like that. because that was an issue we had last year too and you know there were certain aspects that we talked about like just getting pinned back like just there, there were some there were some you know reasons why that you know came about but at the end of the day I think we need to still work on our third down conversion and red zone rate but in the fourth quarter we you know we looked really good I can't remember exactly how many you know, third downs we had, but even when it was, you know, second down, when you got Trubisky in a second and six versus a second and 12, like a second and seven, like even if the running back got three, four yards, that was, that was ball rolling. That got the ball rolling, you know. Um, then it just really added a lot of confidence to this team. I felt like, um, honestly, it was when we hit that Anthony Miller pass, uh, to the right side, that was, uh, I think, I can't remember. I think that was off of our first down. And it just shows how, when you get that sort of momentum rolling and you're able to kind of, you know, get in that process. And I think Trubisky is a very streaky quarterback, you know, like someone who really like once he gets in his grind, I mean, we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. What was that? Two years ago. Once he gets in his grind, he can explode. Right. And that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, Yeah. He had a lot of open looks, but he also left some really, really nice passes that were Purely him. I, I remember Allen Robinson to the back left of the end zone where he Allen Robinson wasn't even in his break yet, and Allen Robinson was able to grab that. Um, so, yeah. Best
1: game in Trubisky's career. Yeah,
0: definitely. Almost broke the touchdown. Uh, if he, Hey, if he would have stayed in the game, real potential for him to have broken that touchdown record or at least tied it. Um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, run game, eh, really good. Let's go ahead and move on to the offensive line because you can't talk about the run game without talking about the offensive line. I thought it looked really good like I I thought it looked really good and I was shocked about that as well Um, as you brought up you know run blocking much better than the pass blocking there were some situations but what surprised me the most is that in the pass blocking even it wasn't the interior line that was the issue like we expected it to be it really looked like Bobby Massey was just the main issue with the line our right tackle and, you know, it looked like the tackles were giving up way more than the, than, than the interior lineman. James Daniels, I thought, looked really, really good, which is a huge step forward uh, in his young career. I think he, he he looked like he could be potentially a Pro Bowl, All-Pro, you know, guard in that past game. Now, we, he's going to obviously have to, con- you know, continue that, but he looked very, very good. Jermaine Effetti, uh, someone who was a complete issue for the Seahawks last year at tackle, looked very good at guard did not have a single issue. I don't think he let up. Uh, I I haven't checked the stats, but just from my memory, I don't think he let up a single pressure last year or last week. Uh, so that's huge from him having that sort of, you know, uh, having that, you know, better performance there at that right guard position. But really, if you want to look who to credit, this is uh, Juan Castillo, you know. Like, this is this is him just being a better, more modern offensive line coach than uh, Harry Heistad, who, you know, is a good offensive line coach, but a little bit outdated in potentially his methods, doesn't really match up with a the, with the West Coast offense.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that, you know, there's probably some people – they would say that Bobby Massey being part of the line is no surprise, or being the biggest problem in the line is no surprise. I, I think that there's some big Bobby Massey haters out there that, you know, kind of said that he's kind of a weak point of the line, and I kind of looked like that. I mean, it looked like he was very much, you know, off the edge pressure. It was kind of, it was pressure off the edge right in Trubisky's face, which is the right tackle all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a few times around the blind side that, that Trubisky was getting pressured, but I think that, you know, that's still a reason for concern, but right, we were worried a lot about a Fetty and that, that guard spot. And then I think both of us are pretty confident in, in in Daniels just because of how he's gone against some of the best in the league. I mean, Aaron Donald? About a few, a few years back, yeah, you handled Aaron Donald very well in that uh, Monday Night Football game against the Rams or, oh, no, some primetime game. I'm not sure if it was Monday Night Football or not, but. Um, yeah, I, so it doesn't surprise me to see that. And then, of course, Cody, Cody Whitehair kind of being the staple offensive line, you know, kind of being the leader at that center position. And, yeah, it seems like the interior is working out well, worked especially well in, in running the ball up the middle and in the run-blocking run, run blocking schemes in general. And, you know, like you said, in pass protection, uh, Fetty looked good and not came up with a single pressure. And I, I think that this it's kind of going to be something we're probably going to see. There's no perfect offensive line though ever. So you kind of just have to learn to work with what their strengths are and and kind of sometimes adapt your offense around that too. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not going to get anyone better than Bobby Massey in there, you're going to have to learn how to work with with his tendencies and where he's giving up pressure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, having a competent run game is going to be essential for that as well. You know, ha- trying to have, you know, less, you know, pressure on him to perform uh that's going to be great so i mean we've talked all about this offense let's go ahead let's get into the defense how how do you feel this you know the defense performance was not very stellar obviously matthew stafford is a good quarterback but i mean this is the lions they don't have a ton of playmakers they didn't have you know kenny galladay out there and they had adrian peterson who would have predicted he's having a good season <laughs> uh and the the bears defense they they just weren't able to really control it Reese. What are your initial thoughts? Are you concerned at all?
1: Yeah, I almost feel this is like maybe missing Eddie Goldman's gonna be a bit more severe than, than we thought. I think that Blau Nicholson just seemed to get pushed around a little bit, not quite in the wasn't quite as effective uh, at that nose tackle position mm-hmm. as we needed him to be. So which I, is something we what, were afraid of. Yeah, which I think is is a concern definitely. against going, you know, we'll even see how it comes in this. This coming week, you know, something that I want to talk about, of course. Saquon Barkley not looking like much of a threat, only rushing for six <laughs> yards on 15 carries, but you never know how it will be against this Bears team. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, they weren't really as dominant, not quite as effective as, uh, as we want them to be. They have a – I hate to keep alluding to next week, but they have a huge chance in this coming week to, to really turn things around and really kind of get um, – you know, get fired up and feel good about themselves, gain a lot of confidence in this coming week because mm. they're going up against Daniel Jones, who seems very kind of very vulnerable. And, you know, Matthew Stafford's not an extremely mobile quarterback and, and Daniel Jones is a little bit more mobile, but it seems like putting pressure in, in Daniel's face, is, or Daniel Jones' faces really throws him off. It's a key. And, and kinda Yeah, it, it's definitely the key to... Uh, basically, the Bears just need to do what Pittsburgh did. The, mm-hmm. the formula's out there. Um, it's pretty simple. It's kind of a similar situation that the Giants are going up against. But as far as last week, I think that, yeah, they weren't quite as dynamic. I think we saw – it was kind of odd. We saw a lot of good things from a lot of players at different times in the game. It just wasn't all together. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't – they weren't all playing good at the same time. So we were we were kind of seeing different weak spots at times, you know. So I, I think it's just a matter of gelling together and kind of getting a little bit of that chemistry together.
0: I think that the real – weak spot that um i saw at least was danny trevathan and which is something that i'm kind of surprised i'm saying but he just did not look that good i'm gonna be honest like in coverage he did not look like the same player uh in when he was you know even uh, going against the run uh when he when he was hitting gaps he didn't look that good and it's concerning to me because a player who's you know obviously added a little bit of age I think he's like 31 now uh, a huge leader on this defense but someone who's dealt with injuries Uh, obviously last year got heavily injured and you know used to be someone who was you know the epitome of consistency at that position just looked like a liability at times it was almost like every single time we saw a a real pass uh, a a real you know a, a real Gashing of the Bears defense It was Danny Trevathan in coverage And it looked like they were trying to ISO him a lot um, You know the the Bilal Nichols at uh, the defensive tackle position We talked about it consistently I don't know if he has The mauling ability That you kind of need at that position Where you're able to really just push back the center We talked extensively about how that is The most important thing you can get out of that position And allow your defensive ends To work uh, with some space I don't know if he has that, and I don't know if he's big enough to really be a, a run, a, really a, a a guy that's good enough to be against a run that's like Eddie Goldman, uh, who's a huge, dude. You know, just like if you look at their their frames, it's just it's night and day there. Um, so I I do think we need to add a player, and it looks like the Bears have reached out to Damon Harrison because he talked a bit, a little bit about it on his Twitter. Um, but it doesn't look like he's interested in playing this season it seems like he he's okay with taking the season off maybe with COVID concerns maybe he's looking at retiring but he definitely said that he is interested in it but uh it it doesn't seem like he's anywhere near making a decision maybe we'll you know sweeten our contract offer a little bit (laughs) um but yeah Khalil Mack at first when I was watching the game I was like wow Khalil Mack isn't really making a Making a huge impact, but when I went back and actually watched the game, he actually got a ton of pressure. He didn't really amount to much. He didn't get any sacks, um, but he is, he had six quarterback pressures, uh, which was second in the NFL last week. So he he did actually perform better than I expected, uh, but still not that big splash. You know, no big splash plays there, and that's a little bit with how they schemed against us as well. They were trying to get some quick passes off in the beginning. Really though what what has what has me uh hold out hope for this defense which is funny that we're talking negatively about the defense I would have never considered that's what we would be talking about here but um what what gives me hope is really the the only two times the the um the Lions looked all that competent in getting the ball out against us. Besides, at the end of, end of the game, you know they they were they got one really big splash play that almost led to a touchdown for them. But the Bears defense still held on. It was just at the end of the second and the beginning of the third quarter, the back to back touchdowns. And I mean that that's really it. When you they moved the ball better than you would have liked them to. But I mean this they could have easily scored no touchdowns in this previous game if the Bears defense just held on a little bit longer there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, you know it is funny that we're kind of talking about them as a as a as a weak, well, not necessarily a weak point, but talking negatively about them. But you know, at the same time, you can't be perfect every week. And like you said, I think this is kind of it, well, it's the second year in Pagano's system. You know, it's kind of there's a couple of new players that are kind of kind of getting their feet wet with it, and some different like positional changes. So I think it's just going to be a, a matter of you know kind of getting some more, you know, some more miles on in that system as the season goes on. And with Trevathan, if if they're going to lose a step, like, now's kind of the time in his career where he's going to lose a step. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, not to kind of say that, like, it's all over for him, but this could very much be the year where we see Trevathan take a solid step backwards and you kind of have to reassess the future with him at that position, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but this is kind of what happens. Like you said, you, you kind of get a lot of miles on you, someone that's very consistent. Even when battling injuries, kind of, you know, he'd rush back to get back in because he was a crucial part of the defense. And, you know, that kind of stuff takes a toll on you, which, you know, it is it is a hole, you know, when a team like the Lions is going to isolate you and kind of, kind of pick on you. And especially in a 3-4 defense with him playing the inside linebacker, it's easy Big to position. scheme to get it to get a tight end uh, linebacker matchup, mm-hmm. with, which is just easy to kind of pick on a, on a vulnerable coverage linebacker in that way. So, it, you know, in a bad way, you know, Trevathan could become a bit of a liability down the season. So we'll kind of have to monitor that as the season goes on because that could definitely become a, a, a very clear weak point where, you know, teams are just going to target the middle of the field against this team.
0: Oh, 100%. And this this week, they have a much easier uh, opponent in that regard. They have a rookie quarterback. Doesn't have a whole bunch of weapons for him there. Saquon Barkley, obviously a talented player, but, you know, someone that we can slow down. We'll talk about them in one minute after we finish off uh, with our topics from last week. Um, so Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, Darnell Mooney all made, you know, they all were they all appeared in this game and I guess the a, a quick topic I want to wrap up talking about last week's game with is how would you grade these rookies uh I'm gonna I'm start off with mine I know I didn't really give you a bunch of uh, heads up on this one Reese but uh I'm sure you could patch something together Cole Komet I'm giving a d uh not he didn't really have a good performance we didn't we only saw him get targeted one time and Mitch missed that throw uh he probably would have scored if he if he actually got that though on a dump down but um it uh it, he he didn't make much of an impact and that's unfortunate because we were hearing a lot about him maybe this week he'll have a better performance maybe Jimmy Graham was just a better matchup here and they didn't run a whole bunch of two tight end sets uh so may, so Jimmy Graham obviously the starter there Jimmy Graham looked pretty good too uh he obviously missed a couple catches but it seemed like just some you know beginning of the game flukes. Um, beginning of the season flukes. Jalen Johnson, I'm giving a strong A minus. He he got he missed that one tackle that was pretty brutal. But other than that, he played a flawless game. Like just completely flawless game. And I think that he is already an upgrade over Prince Mukamara. Uh, he he really at the end of the game, he was targeted, didn't let up a catch. Uh, he was targeted multiple times. Almost got an interception. Just someone who looks like he's that he could definitely become a number one cornerback in this league. And then Darnell Mooney, I'm giving an A-plus. He had three receptions with, like, 32 yards, and all of them came off of really big moments. Uh, Fifth-round pick, I mean, what else could you want from, from, a, from a player out of the fifth round? He He's essentially our third wide receiver now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as for Cole Komet, I mean, I, I, I'll give him, like, a C-minus. You know, that's someone that – he was very quiet in the game. I don't think he did anything particularly bad – um, like you said, I mean, he had, he had an opportunity to, to go out there off his target and possibly potentially a score, which would have changed the narrative a little bit, but, you know, he just wasn't really, didn't really make any noise at all, you know, didn't really make himself felt, didn't really make himself a part of the game, so that's why I'd give him, like, a C minus. I think, you know, Jalen Johnson is, is a solid A, I mean... To me, I think getting kind of like that game ending knockdown at the end there just kind of shows you everything you need to know about his confidence and how he feels about being put back in coverage. I think he's someone that can can handle it. I think maybe he's not good enough quite yet to go against any team's number one, but I think he can easily handle most teams' number twos. So I think he's kind of in a good position there, and he showed you know showed his strengths, too. He's just very good in coverage, pretty responsible, like you said didn't play a, a flawless game, but, you know, for someone playing their first NFL game, I, I can't even expect that, and then uh for Darnell Mooney, yeah, I think he can also get an A, I think that he featured well, I think, you know, we saw how he's gonna, to fit into this offense, and, and kind of how badly, you know, his traits are, are needed in this offense, he, he has a little bit different something, I think that you know, we had people like him, like Taylor Gabriel, in the past. But I think Mooney kind of gives you, uh, you know, something better than even Taylor Gabriel. I, I can't quite put my finger on, on what it is. But, you know, I kind of just seems to be a little bit better fit for the scheme. And uh, I, I like what he did. I, I think he played well. I think there's still more room for him in the offense to, to feature well. He can do better than three receptions, I think. He's not someone that's going to be getting 10 catches a game. I think he could get five or six and kind of make some bigger splash plays.
0: I think he's more explosive than Gabriel, like more quick. I think Gabriel was definitely fast and he had his, you know, he was able to run some routes. But Mooney, he just seems more explosive into his breaks. It seems like he's a little bit more aggressive as a wide receiver. So he can kind of get some more space there. Um, and it, he might just have a better understanding of zone comps concepts. It seemed like he was getting open a little bit when they were playing some zone concepts. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Mooney. I think he, he did a really good job. I'm really excited for him as a player. We desperately needed a player like him to show up. Ted Ginn Jr. was, didn't really show up in the last game at all, but you know, he's kind of the type of player where he is kind of similar to Taylor Gabriel, where he'll get you a couple catches a game, but there'll be explosive ones. Um, so definitely not two down on Ted Ginn but really impressed with Mooney uh would not be shocked if he is considered the third string or the third wide receiver um going into uh next week uh, so really I mean that's about all we can say with that we're I mean this is week one you you can't really you know claim victory over a game where you just narrowly beat the Lions out of all teams so I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic about this offense. I'm also a little bit concerned with this defense, um, but ultimately happy we pulled away with the W. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show with our week two preview with the Detroit – not the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants. Um, they have a new – so let's go over the team a little bit. They have a new head coach, uh, Joe Judge. They brought in a couple of notable free agents, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, Logan Ryan. Um, and then in the draft, they brought in a couple of offensive tackles, Andrew Thomas, um, Matt Pete, and then uh, they also bolstered their secondary with Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. So last week, uh, actually just on Monday, so they're coming off of a short week as well. They lost to the Steelers 26-16. to uh, Steelers obviously have a pretty good defense, but at times their offense looked really, really poor, uh, the New York Giants. Uh, this team a- added some decent pieces on- this offseason, but I still have a ton of questions about them. I think they have a lot to prove. Daniel Jones, I think that he was very underwhelming last year. Um, and this year he has not shown a whole bunch of promise here either. I think that, he, you know, he threw two interceptions uh, you know, some issues didn't n- didn't really handle that Stewart's defense the way you'd hope your rookie would. Um, even though they are a good defense, you, I think you'd still like to see a little bit more competency uh, out of your quarterback. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Jones. When we played him last year, I wasn't super impressed. So uh, I think that he is I wouldn't say that he's a liability to their team. Like I'm not saying that he's like a Nathan Peterman like quarterback, but I definitely think he's someone that he's going to be the main target by the bears. We're going to try to get a lot of pressure on them and they don't have a great offensive line either. So uh, really getting, I'm sure Khalil Mack and if Robert Quinn is healthy, that'd be great. That's going to be really instrumental in, uh, in this game. Reese, what are your, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is the game that's served up perfectly for the Bears. I think they need to just run the ball well and and play aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they should be able to take care of this one fairly easily. I mean, I think that ideally, you know, the Bears want to jump out to a... uh, It'd be nice if they could jump out and get to an early lead and put away the game early. I think the longer that they let the Giants kind of linger around or possibly build up any kind of confidence, you know, the worse off they'll possibly be. But I, I think the matchups, it's... When you go into like the the Giants' offensive line against the Bears, you know pass rush. I think that's very favorable towards the Bears. Um, you know the Giants don't really scare me on defense too much. I think you know the Steelers tore them up running the ball last week. Um, Snell, I think had like 124 yards rushing. So I think if the Bears just stay committed to the run in this game and, and kind of pound out the ball, kind of. I mean, why not kind of just have a game where the Bears just control possession, pre- dominate pretty well on defense, and just kind of play a really nice, clean game. It's possibly set up for the, for the way that the Bears could do that. And, and kind of just probably let Mitch get away with a game where he doesn't really have to pass the ball too much, but can probably be pretty effective in doing it. If they stick to the run, they can probably throw the ball downfield off some nice play action. Uh, try to just get the confidence up out a lot of these players and, you know, Hopefully we can see more out of Cole Komet and and this week and kind of see what he can feature in the offense.
0: If the Bears can hold down Saquon Barkley to, uh, you know, under, you know, 40 yards, 50 yards, I think this game's in the bag. Like, I I, I am not threatened by anything else. But the way that the Bears handled Adrian Peterson – this past week. It, I do have concerns about that. I do have concerns with Saquon Barkley. Uh, historically, we are a good run defense, uh, but right now uh, I, I definitely have my concerns, have my concerns with the linebackers. Thankfully, we do have Roquan Smith, who is a very rangy linebacker, and that's going to help us a lot with Saquon Barkley um, being able to limit his impact, at least I'm sure. Truthfully, we're probably going to give almost all of our attention to Barkley and uh, affecting Jones. It's really uh, the 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 game plan is going to essentially revolve around getting pressure on Jones and then taking care of Barkley. We're not going to be concerned that Jones is going to be picking us out apart uh, from the packet uh, from the pocket like we potentially would with Matthew Stafford uh, making, you know, kind of short intermediate throws. So I think that's really going to be the focus of the game. I would expect a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of focus at the line, a lot of stacked boxes. Saquon Barkley is going to have to earn a lot of his runs. Not too concerned about the secondary. When you compare the Bears to the Steelers, we have a better secondary. Um, especially with the addition of Jalen Johnson there, it's going to be really hard for Daniel Jones to get free wide receivers, especially with the, you know, they don't have a lot of talent at that position. Really. They're, they're pretty, they're pretty minimal there. I almost feel bad for the guy. Um, You know, (laughs) Evan Ingram had a big year. uh, What was his rookie year? His second year um, has not performed the way that Giants fans probably would have wanted him to since then. So I'm not overly concerned about him as well. As far as the the offense defense matchup goes, I'm I'm pretty confident that the Bears can really handle uh, this uh, this Giants this Giants team. I think you know offensive line matches up well. I got a lot of young offensive line pieces. Uh, going to be hard to go against Khalil Mack. I mean Khalil Mack also affects the run game. Uh, it's going to be it, it's just it's going to be really difficult. I I would foresee that what the Giants are probably going to try to do is get a lot of you know inside slant routes against us really try to um get the ball out quickly out of jones hands do some you know screen passes maybe with saquon barkley Uh, i i think that is going to be their game plan i don't think it's going to be that effective though as far as us offensively versus their defense you know if we play like we did in the third quarter we're not going to score anything because even though they're not that great of a defense but if we play like we did the other three quarters um i do see this bears team putting up a lot of points like they did last year um I think that it can be a fairly, uh, uh, you know, a fairly strong victory as well. But Reese, why don't you go ahead and give me your, you know, your score projections.
1: Yeah, I think in this game, I think the Bears, I think they actually match their their score total from last week. I think the game will play out very different, but I think they get 27. I think the Giants only manage 13. I think it ends up being a fairly convincing victory.
0: Okay, I'm. Um, see, I think I'm just maybe a little bit more down on our defense right now. I'm a little bit more concerned about our defense, so I'm gonna give the Giants a little bit more hope. Uh, I'm going, and I'm maybe I'm a little higher on our offense too. I'm going Bears thirty-one, Giants twenty-one.
1: And I, I think that you could end up being more right there. At, you know, I, I think that
0: that almost kind of takes into
1: consideration early games kind of tend to be more offensive too. You know, mm-hmm. defenses haven't can, really hit their stride yeah. yet, and you know, I don't know more. Th- things tend to happen, turnovers, too. can kind of just put teams in more opportunistic positions as well. So, I, you know, maybe even your score is a little bit more realistic there. I, you know, I think that I just have hope that the Bears play the matchup game well on defense and that they can – because they really should manage them. They really should. So yeah. I guess I'm kind of just hoping that they they live up to that and, and play as good as they can. And It's really just a game where it's very advantageous for them It's a game where a lot of these pass rushers should be able to get themselves an opportunity where they can just pin their ears back and go after Daniel Jones. And if it ends up being anything like uh, what Pittsburgh put on them, they can get eight sacks. I mean, that was... Yeah. If they can replicate that performance, the Bears will be more than fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think could potentially end up being a close one, unfortunately, just the way the Bears play early in the season and the way the Bears played last week. I think that they could make it close on themselves. But if the defense hits its stride in this game, this can also be an absolute blowout. Um, You know, the Giants, I don't want to be too negative on them because they are rebuilding. They're a rebuilding team. Uh, Traded away OBJ just, what, like a season ago. Um, You know, obviously still going through a rebuild. They're not really looking to be competing in the playoffs this year. So I don't want to be too hard on him. I know Daniel Jones doesn't have a whole bunch of weaponry, uh, doesn't have a whole bunch to like about that offense, uh, you know. So and I, he did get a lot of crap similar. He, he is very similar to Mitchell Trubisky, where as soon as he was drafted, he was just, you know, deemed a failure. It's really unfair to him. And I feel bad for him in that regard because, hey, and I feel bad for Giants fans too because they're going to continuously, you know, just get it because of that. So, you know, I'm... I, I'm optimistic because I do think that this game can be a blowout like it was last year and the Bears can really control it. I think we're going to get a couple interceptions, maybe a couple turnovers, a couple sacks. I think that, you know, if this defense plays really well, this is going to be an abs- absolute hell for the New York Giants. But um, at the same time, the Steelers have a good defense and they, you know, they got a couple, they got a little bit on them, but now we have some film on them and we can kind of maybe predict their, uh, their game plan against, you know, a good offense or a good defense. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, for both sides, I mean, the Giants are going to know what they need to do coming into this game, you know, facing kind of a similar situation, and uh, the Bears are going to need to know, or the Bears are going to know what they need to do, so a little bit kind of there on on Nagy for making adjustments and all that, which is something that he's not always great on, so maybe uh, this game could be a bit more interesting than we're thinking. We'll have to see, you know, kinda I think a lot of it has to do with how the Giants wanna attack the game. If they're willing to just try to start off by just pounding the football and the Bears able to we'll stop it early, it could get ugly, but if they're willing to kinda mix it up, take some maybe some earlier shots and try to keep the the Bears defense guessing, I think that they could Could make it competitive and then kind of, you know, put the ball in Barkley's hands and and let him see what he can do with it.
0: I think the key for the Giants, even though they're obviously their quarterback isn't, you know, top in the NFL, is going to certainly be just keeping their foot on the gas, you know, really like trying to be aggressive with the Bears defense, keep them true. Don't let them focus too much on Saquon Barkley. They can actually make some money there. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that ultimately for the, the Bears, similar to the Lions game, this is just a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If Mitchell Trubisky goes and throws another three touchdowns, I don't know how much more I'm gonna be convinced that he's gonna be our franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. In the same way, that's great for him that this starts very easy. Uh, I mean, you want to see him, you know, air it out and play well against you know one of the elite teams in the league, and maybe we won't truly really be sold until that happens. But until then, he just has to keep balling out and doing his thing because these are games that you need to win in games that you know in the later part of the season you don't want to look back and be like oh Mm -hmm. we dumped the game to the Giants and that's why we didn't make the
0: playoffs." and you know this is a this is a team that's absolutely beatable something we have to do and you know I think we talked when we were talking about our schedule predictions we talked about how just easy this Bears schedule is you know comparatively to a lot of other teams and how they can almost find themselves on top of the NFC North just purely by how easy their schedule is Um, not that it's going to say a whole bunch it's going to be it, this is going to be a really hard Bears team to project in the playoffs if we if we end up making there. And I know it's week one. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about that because we just missed them last year. But it's going to be really hard to, to see how this team is going to perform against good teams in the playoffs when they don't have a whole bunch of teams they're going to be looking at. I mean, one of the best teams we're looking at is Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they look like they're struggling the way I think we might have predicted them to a little bit.
1: Yeah figuring things out at least and in the, in the, if you want to put it in the kindest way so yeah yeah
0: well I mean I, I think that's gonna wrap up the show man I'm excited for this week's game what's what's the game tonight it's Thursday right now what's the game tonight there's, it's uh, the Battle
1: of Ohio. It's uh, Cleveland versus Cincinnati. It's a real
0: oh real man! <laughs> Can't wait to say uh, see a future MVP Baker Mayfield that people projected after his first season. Uh, really, you know, really crap on the Bengals. No, that's not that's that's not gonna happen. I I, I think that the Bengals are probably gonna win that game, but um, yeah, with with how the the Browns play, bro, the first that was week, bad. Baker Mayfield uh, just. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan to begin with. I think that, I think it was always so funny to see how he was like kind of a double standard compared to Mitchell Trubisky. Like his stats have always been very on par with Mitchell Trubisky. And, uh, he, he just not a fan of him, you know, not a fan. I, I wasn't a huge fan. I thought in college he ran a lot of, you know, over the middle stuff. I wasn't a huge fan of, didn't think that he could maybe handle all the outside of the numbers, uh, throws that re- are required in the NFL. And it seems like that's the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to see how it plays out. I mean, this is definitely a big year for him, for sure. So he knows that he has to play well because, man, if if he kind of has two back-to-back seasons in a row and with how it goes in Cleveland, then... You know, they're quick to drop the axe. On oh,
0: yeah, so. they are. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for joining the podcast once again. Uh, we're excited to see how this game turns out. I'm sure Sunday uh, we'll either have a very, you know, happy reaction or a very sad reaction depending on the way the, the game goes. Uh, so look out for that and uh, bear down, everyone.